Everybody talks to me about I, I would I'm romantic. I would like Bigfoot to exist. I've met people who swear they've seen Bigfoot. And I think the interesting thing is every single continent there is an equivalent of Bigfoot or Sasquatch. There's the Yeti, there's the Yari in Australia, there's the Chinese wild man, and and on and on and on. And you know, I've had stories from people who you have to believe them. So there's something, I don't know what it is. I'm always open-minded. What about other mythologies? Welcome back to the Phenomenon Report. This is Kelly Kleinman. If you'd be so kind as to go to our YouTube channel and check out the Phenomenon Report, you'll be able to follow along and see some of the pictures that we're drawing attention to, the similarities between weaponry right now that is found in some of these burial mounds and those that were originated in the Levant. Again, as mentioned earlier, it's the west coast of the Middle East. We are showing right now on your screen some weaponry from Wisconsin. It's identical to that found in the Levant, and it was forged by the Amorites. Sockets were developed in 1500 BC by the Amorite tribe, which gave them a significant military advantage. One of our pictures shows socketed spears found with four giant skeletons in New York, clearly demonstrating transatlantic travel was definitely going on. Then there's the mysterious 500,000 tons of copper that cannot be accounted for. We have a picture up of a lobe of copper that was mined 4,000 years ago, weighing five tons. One scientist said to mine all of the copper from the Lake Superior region, it would take 10,000 men 1,000 years. On that note, all of this would have taken place at the peak of the Copper Age. And when you consider that the archaeological, and for that matter, the anthropological record is hugely incomplete, skewed and stubbornly anchored to the paradigm of one thought fits all, Evidence that is being posited here right now should be well considered when trying to unwind the truth of this continent's true history. Fritz Zimmerman's theory is that it was the Amorites that were the Adena mound builders in the Ohio Valley and cites Indian oral history as evidence. Others suggest it was the beaker type people of ancient England who built these burial mounds in the Ohio Valley based on nearly identical designs seen in Scotland. Even the burial practices are identical, with conical mounds surrounded by moats or ditches. You can see pictures of this on our site. According to Steve Coons, the beaker skulls as a whole are large, long, and high-vaulted, whatever their shape. They form one of the rare groups in the world with a cranial length of 184 millimeters and an index over 80. This peculiarity that they share with few known brassiocephalic 
Crania, say that five times, of the Upper Paleolithic is that the only other known people with this rare head type were the Alagui tribe that were uncovered in the Midwestern Mound excavations. Comparing skull types of the Beaker people of the British Isles with those of the Alagui shows some striking similarities, both of which show more characteristics towards Upper Paleolithic Cro-Magnon than to modern man. The mound skulls included protruding brow brow ridges, thick skull walls, and large mandibles, in addition to the large size of the skeletal remains, the giants indeed. So I I think it's obvious that several groups may have arrived here in North America way before modern-day Europeans. Those groups may have included a variety of individuals among them, as it seems only natural that alliances were commonplace. It's also clear that these beings had amongst them enormous individuals, much larger than the typical modern-day man who relies more on brain power and technology than brawn. For me, at least, the preoccupation with building tools and deadlier weapons, advancing technology, as is apparent today, has led to weaker, more physically compromised beings. Just look in the mirror. We're no longer capable of living with the elements. One thing that seems obvious is that 7 to 10 foot tall groups of biblical tribes found their way to the continent from Western Europe and the Middle East. We can go back perhaps 4,000 years or so with compelling evidence to make a case. The ancients were skilled mariners and very well may have arrived here in the far distant past. But exactly how big were they? What is a giant and how ancient were they? The irrefutable fossil evidence will blow your mind. There are fossilized footprints of human-type beings from 22 inches to 30 inches plus. In August of 2016, in China, a human footprint measuring 22 feet long and 8 inches wide, 22 inches long and 8 inches wide, was discovered and likely belonged to a creature 13 feet tall with massive body weight. There's no denying it. The Zapata track found in Permian limestone in New Mexico, is thought by evolutionary geologists to be over 250 million years old. Hard to believe. Yet there it is, a clear, fossilized human footprint. The Meister print, found in Utah within a block of shale. It was first publicized in the CRS Quarterly as the footprint containing a trilobite fossil. You can see a picture that's up. It's a fossilized shoe sole petrified in Triassic period rock. This print specimen is so clear that the threads are visible to the naked eye, which you can see on our YouTube channel. The Triassic period. That's when dinosaurs ruled the world. That's when T-Rex was the king of all beasts. Now that we've established the high likelihood of giants on planet Earth over the eons, let's discuss what may have become of them. There are many legends of battles against them, as mentioned earlier before and during biblical times, amongst the various cultures that coexisted with them. Evidence exists now that big people came here in pre-Columbian times and that transatlantic trading or exploration was a reality, as was trans-Pacific travel amongst Chinese and Aboriginal peoples into North and South America. The entities that crossed the Atlantic may have been coming here for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. There's no way to tell, regardless of what paleontologists say, for the simple reason they're already ignoring the evidence that does exist. We do know that skulls have been found on the West Coast that are of Arctic, Asian, North American, and South American origin, dating all the way back 13,500 years plus. 
We also know that bigger skulls and skeletons have also been found, and according to Indian legend, the most notable being the Paiutes, confrontations with these huge tribes was common. The Paiutes claimed that they were red-headed giants with cannibalistic tendencies. They named these giants the Siteka. Siteka means tool eaters. In northern Paiute language, the tool is a fibrous water plant, which, according to the Paiutes, the giants wove into rafts to navigate across Lake Lahontan, an ancient lake that once covered most of northern Nevada during the last ice age. Paiute oral history tells us that the Paiute and neighboring tribes had grown weary of having the Sateca ravaging their people, eating them, so they created an alliance to destroy them. Eventually, over time, they cornered the remainder of the Sateca into what is now known as Lovelock Cave in Nevada. They blitzed them with, aerial, air, they blitzed them with arrows, they burned them alive, smoked them out, asphyxiated them, and unfortunately, eventually, there was a cave in that blocked all human access for centuries. But it sealed in the remains of not only Paiutes and Lovelock culture Indians, but some of the giants as well. How do we know this? In 1912, miners removing bat guano from the cave, yeah, you heard me, removing bat guano from the cave for fertilizer, came across an enormous treasure trove of pottery, personal items, and remains. They found the oldest known duck decoys, a sandal over 15 inches long, some other amazing finds aside from 60 normal-sized skeletons, including a donut-shaped stone with 365 notches carved along the outside of it and 52 corresponding notches inside. Clearly a calendar, 365 days a week, 52 weeks in a year. They also found vegetable material dating back to 2030 B.C., a human femur dating to 1450 B.C., human muscle tissue dating back to 1420 B.C., basketry dating back to 1218 B.C., as well as tools, pottery, and weapons. Archaeologists believe that this culture predated the Paiute, although we do find Paiute in there, and named it the Lovelock culture. Supposedly, they also found remains of humans, eight and a half and six and a half feet tall with red hair, the remains of whom unfortunately disappeared into the loam of history. Now, six foot five is not a giant. It's a big person. It's not uncommon to have Indians of that stature. Eight and a half feet tall is bordering on giantism. Although the skeletons in the cave seemed normal by stature, there were many six footers. And in an article published in the Nevada Review Minor in 1931, in February and June of that same year, it was reported that two very large skeletons were found in the Humboldt Dry Lake Bed near Lovelock, Nevada. One measured eight and a half feet tall and was later described as having been wrapped in a gum-covered fabric similar to Egyptian mummies. The other was supposedly ten feet long. Some other evidence for the Lovelock giants includes a set of images showing a handprint, more than double the size of a normal man's handprint, on a stone boulder in the cave. For those skeptics who suggested that nothing huge was found in the Lovelock Cave in 1912, well, the 15-foot sandal certainly suggests someone was walking around with some altitude, not to mention the enormous handprint to match. What's even more amazing is that the culture of the giants found in the Lovelock area matches a similar lifestyle lived by ancient Peruvian Indians with, you guessed it, red hair and rafts made of fibrous water plants along the edges of Lake Titicaca. Could this ancient tribe of Peruvian giants have been driven south to become Peruvian to escape its angry neighbors, the Paiute 
and associated Indian tribes. There are also many oral histories passed on through the years from Indian tribes that had epic battles with what they considered white-skinned, red-haired giants. Coming up next, some of those stories. Welcome back to the Phenomenon Report. We are now going to discuss ancient battles between Native Americans and giants. We're going to start with the Choctaw. Horatio Bardwell Cushman wrote in his 1899 book, History of the Choctaw, Chickasaw, and Natchez Indians. The tradition of the Choctaws told of a race of giants that once inhabited the now state of Tennessee and with whom their ancestors fought when they arrived in Mississippi in their migration from the West. Their tradition states that the Nahulo, race of giants, was of wonderful stature. Cushman said Nahulo used to be used to describe all white people, but it originally referred specifically to a giant white race with whom the Choctaw came into contact when they first crossed the Mississippi River. The Nahulo were said to be cannibals, whom Choctaw killed whenever they had the opportunity. Then there's the Comanches. Chief Rolling Thunder of the Comanches, a tribe from the Great Plains, gave the following account of an ancient race of white giants in 1857. And even his oral history goes back many, many, many years. Innumerable moons ago, a race of white men, 10 feet high and far more rich and powerful than any white people now living, here inhabited a large range of country, extending from the rising to the setting sun. Their fortifications crowned the summits of the mountains, protecting their populous cities situated in the intervening valleys. They excelled every other nation which was flourished, either before or since, in all manner of cunning handicraft. They were brave and warlike, ruling over the land they had wrested from its ancient possessions and possessors with a high and haughty hand. Compared with them, the pale faces of the present day were pygmies in both art and arms. The chief went on to explain that when this race forgot justice and mercy and became too proud, the great spirit wiped it out and all that was left of their society were the mounds that are still visible on the tablelands today from which many of these giant skeletons have been extracted. This account was documented by Dr. Donald Panther Yates, a researcher and author of books on Native American history, on his blog. Regarding the Navajo, Yates also, Yates also writes about the Starnaki people of Navajo legend, describing them as a race of regal giants, white giants, endowed with mining technology, who dominated the West, enslaved lesser tribes, and had strongholds all through the Americas. They were either extinguished or went back to the heavens, which is almost identical to the Comanche anecdote. Then there were the Manta. In 1553, Pedro Cieza de Leon wrote in Chronicle of Peru about legendary giants described to him by the Manta indigenous people. There are, however, reports concerning giants in Peru who landed on the coast at the point of Santa Elena. The natives relate the following tradition, which has been received from their ancestors from very remote times. Oral history is over thousands of years. There arrived on the coast in boats made of reeds as large as large ships, a party of men of such size that, from the knee downwards, their height was as great as the entire height of an ordinary man, though he might be of good stature. Their limbs were in all proportion to the deformed size of their bodies, and it was a monstrous thing to see their heads, with hair reaching to the shoulders. Their eyes were as large as small plates. Sounds exactly like the giants at Lovelock, does it not? Perhaps even bigger. Which brings us to our final segment. Whatever happened to these giants? 
The following is fodder for conversation around the proverbial water cooler. But here are my thoughts. Kelly Kleiman, your loyal host for the Phenomenon Report. The Sumerians said that they were descendants of a race from the heavens called the Anunnaki, that were giants. The Bible speaks about the Nephilim and how they interbred with humans to be used as slaves in gold mines. Emphasis on interbreeding. Angels that fell to earth could easily mean landed, as any craft that would land on earth thousands of years ago would appear to have fallen. We spoke of the ancient Hindu, Jain, Norse, and Greek, even Islamic tales of giants. Most notably, Native American oral history, which has been passed down for thousands of years, also emphasizes a giant race of beings that covered the continent, but was destroyed or vanished for some unknown reason. They attribute the burial mounds to these giants, and indeed, giants were found in those burial mounds. The Nephilim created a race of slaves to mine gold, and the Navajos speak of white giants with red hair with the skill to mine ore. There's also evidence of a huge copper mining operation near Lake Superior that removed an enormous amount of copper during the Copper Age, when supposedly no native tribe had the notion to mine. We have worldwide stories of giant red-headed white people. We have huge footprints fossilized for all to see in solid rock that are literally millions of years old. There were indeed giants in those days. Even today, there are reports of giant humans over eight feet tall. There's the story of the Afghani giant and rare sightings of 20-foot bipedal creatures in the Northeast that haven't been substantiated, but at least raise an eyebrow as they come from varied and unrelated sources. And then, of course, there's Sasquatch. Most Indian tribes today consider them an ancient native tribe as well, to be left alone to their own devices. Others fear them and consider them cannibalistic, hence they stay away from them and afford them their space. Reports vary as to the appearance of these creatures, and in many instances, in fact most instances, they are covered in dark brown, black, or gray hair. Also, red hair. There's that red hair again. Still, there are numerous sightings that describe nothing that looks like the apish Bigfoot in the Patterson-Gimlin film. Instead, they describe a seven-foot-tall, foot-slim, hair-covered being with receding hairlines and faces that look understandably weathered. The bowling ball-like shoulders are powerfully built, there is little to no body fat, and the musculature is substantial, like that of a superhero. We also have the chimp-looking seven-footers in the southwest, the seven- to ten-foot bipedal ape-looking giants in the tall timber areas, and the dogman-looking beasts sprinkled throughout the Midwest. Thousands of well-taken casts of creatures with visible dermal ridges, some compelling video, and thousands of legitimate and credible anecdotes told by people of all ilks, many of whom are experienced outdoorsmen, hunters, fishermen, hikers, law enforcement, and even biologists talk of these beasts. And although the rap against the existence of such a creature is that no bodies or bones have ever been found, well, I do believe that many of the giant bones that were dug up in the 1800s of huge beings, many of those may have been Sasquatch. Some were even described as being monkey-like. Still, we're likely dealing with a highly intelligent species that could very well bury its dead in areas we have no ability to access. In fact, in the natural world, they are vastly superior to us. Without weapons, we have no chance to survive against them in a physical confrontation, none whatsoever. If the Nephilim could interbreed with normal-sized humans, perhaps over the millennia, the giant's DNA is still present and being passed around amongst the wild men that we're seeing today. Hence the very descriptions of sightings. Some even look inbred 
according to a good number of witnesses. Suppose giants dominated the planet in ancient times, or perhaps found this planet at some point and spread over it. Perhaps it was a natural cataclysm or disease that ended their reign. Perhaps the indigenous people grew tired of their reign and hunted them down, tired of being eaten and abused. They defeated them. They overwhelmed them by sheer numbers. Perhaps they were done with their mission on Earth. Who really knows? But suppose this. Relic tribes still exist, clinging to existence in places few dare to tread. These tribes are stealthy in order to maintain their survival. Their numbers are small. Viable breeding is very difficult to sustain. It's an enormous challenge, and thus a nomadic way of life covering vast tracts of territory on a daily basis is necessary to sustain them and get them the calories they need. Hunters see them, claim they steal their kills, claim that Sasquatch run them off through intimidation tactics that include physical displays, vocalizations, and even, as strange as it seems, telepathy that fills the experiencer with an unmistakable feeling of dread. These huge man-apes may not even be the giants that came here millennia ago. DNA recovered in 2013 from a number of individuals has identified maternal DNA as being human, but that paternal DNA is from an unknown species that goes back 15,000 years ago. The study is a controversial one, but so is everything that disputes any accepted paradigm of the time. Just ask Copernicus, Galileo. Scientists hate being proven wrong especially when their reputations and paychecks rely on being right. They've told us that no life can make it here from another world, yet the DOD has admitted that they have no idea where the technology we see flying in our skies comes from, but it ain't from here, you know, as far as UFOs are concerned. Now, 15,000 years ago is interesting. That's right around the time when sea levels rose as the Ice Age was in steady retreat. The Great Flood was likely being experienced by cultures all over the world and in the Mediterranean thus displacing many civilizations that likely existed on the time. Was that the time of the Anunnaki or Nephilim? Is that when they came to Earth or perhaps were forced to flee a, a landmass that became submerged and forced their presence on the less developed peoples of ancient time? When it came time to find slave labor, could they have attempted to hybridize a number of other creatures before deciding on humans, as is mentioned in the Sumerian tablatry and the Bible as well? Could Sasquatch, in all of its shapes and sizes, be descendants of such an attempt since the paternal DNA of the recovered Sasquatch matches no known species on Earth? We know that there were beings between 10 and 20 feet tall. We could guess that they were an ancient race and agree that prehistoric evidence in the form of fossilized bones isn't available. But the footprints are. There's no denying the footprints. Footprints in solid rock cannot be disputed. Hence, there's no denying the giants. Certainly dozens of cultures separated by mountains and deep oceans couldn't all be in on a giant hoax, so to speak. What do you think? Feel free to comment and please share this conversation with like-minded individuals. Any explanation is possible. These are all interesting questions to ask. The truth may be even more strange than anything that we could even come up with. All we can do is guess and maybe complete a small part of the puzzle of man's true history on planet Earth. I'm Kelly Kleiman. This is the Phenomenon Report. Like us, share, comment, and most of all, subscribe. Keep your eyes to the skies and your mind open.